very dear to me. Amen. It was it was birthed into me about a, a couple of weeks ago when I was in fellowship with God, and I was basically asking God about 2021. <laughs> And, you know, because it's only two weeks away. And so, you know, year is coming in. You begin to be in prayer about the new year and you, what do he require of you and what he wants out of you and what to expect in the new year. Amen. And, you know, sometimes their uh, words is going forth and men of God is bringing great words and encouraging words and you know you're excited about that and you're waiting and you're wondering what they're going to say for the 2021 but as I was in prayer and I was just thinking about 2020 and I was looking back over my life of this has been a challenging year amen I mean me personally and I'm not glorifying the devil but me personally, and I think I've shared my testimony with you, is that, you know, a year ago, my sister was challenged with cancer, stage four cancer. Six months after that, this past March, my brother went home to be with the Lord. Amen. And then two months ago, I almost lost my niece twice. So it's been a very, not to even mention the job. I've been on my job for 30 years, 38 years, and I have never been challenged like I have this year. So, no, I'm not glorifying the devil, but I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus on tonight. Amen. Because in the midst of it all, he has been good. In the midst of it all, his love has endured. Amen. In the midst of it all, he's been faithful to me faithful and even though I was challenged in those areas I can look at 2020 and I can give God praise and I can go forth in you know because it was some wonderful things happen in 2020 for me in the midst how do many of you know that God will bless you in the midst of your disaster amen God has blessed me in the midst of that doors has been open for me and I can't go into all of that, but I can tell you he's been good. Amen. I'm still here faithful to him because he's been faithful to me. Amen. So I know I'm not the only one. I know there's been challenges in all of our lives. You know, we have had to deal with different things. And, of course, the pandemic, we're dealing with that. You know, we're in prayer about that. And some of you probably have been challenged with your family members, dealing with relationships. And, you know, I think this year relationships went to another level in the family. You know, it was like, you know, you get into a conversation and it's go to the left instead of the right. And but God, amen. So I just want to say to you what God said to me when I was in prayer. And what he said to me was stay focused for 2021. Just stay focused. No matter what, comma, go, stay focused. Stay on the course. Keep your eyes on the prize. And that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Keeping the eyes on the prize means 
stand in fellowship in that intimacy with God. Amen. So as I was reading and preparing for tonight, and God was saying for 2021, and I said, God, you've been good. He said, but 2021, I just want you to stay focused. It wasn't no big, you know, word like, you know, some of the words that go forth for the new years and stuff, but, but it was powerful. Amen. So I just want to say that to you. Stay focused. Stay on the course. What does that mean as a believer in Christ? That means continue to trust in God no matter what. Continue to be obedient no matter what. Continue to be a servant no matter what the situation is. Continue to obey God no matter what the situation is. And this is another thing that he said to me. Continue to keep your eyes on your assignment. Because it is so, when we're being challenged in our lives with difficult situations, it's so easy to get your eyes off of your assignment. Amen? It's so easy to say, God, I don't know. I don't know how this is going. I'm tired. I'm in a struggle. It's not looking like things are coming to pass. But keep your eyes on your assignment, on the mission that God has given you. So when I went into the word of God, and if you can turn to Genesis 37, Joseph, and you all know about Joseph, the difficulties that Joseph had to endure between the time that God gave him a promise and in between the time that that promise came to pass. Amen. See, when God gives you a promise, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen just like that. Amen. Between the promise and it coming to pass, the assurance that is coming to pass, you have to take a step of faith. And for me, I had to say to God, God, not for everything, but in everything I give thanks. Amen. Why did I have to say that? Because I realized that God was doing something on the inside out. See, God don't allow you to go through anything without him doing something on the inside of you as well. Amen. There's things that I knew that God wanted to deal with me about. And as I used this opportunity to draw closer to him, he began to deal with me about those things. Amen. And I'm standing here to tell you on today that he was faithful. I can't go into that. That's for another whole time, but he was faithful. So I want us to look at Joseph. Joseph, he was, he was one of the people in the Bible that I think that was next to Jesus when it came to keeping focus on his mission. Amen. So I want to look at him starting on 37. And just to give you a little background on Joseph, 
As you know, he was 17 years old when God gave him a dream. That dream was that he was going to be someone great. Amen. He didn't know what that dream meant at the time that God gave it to him, but he was excited because why? Because he knew he had word from God, heard from God. Amen. So he went to his brothers. He shared that dream with his brothers. And when that happened, all hell broke loose, amen, because they were already jealous of him, right? He was always already his father's favorite, Jacob. He, Jacob loved him. He loved Joseph. So when he went to his brothers and shared to his brothers, you know, that they was going to bow down before him, and we'll read that in a minute, they didn't take it kindly. How many of you know that sometimes when God tells you about a dream or a vision or a purpose and a plan for your life and you go tell somebody about it, sometimes it's not received as well as what you want it to be received. I always say everybody can't go where God is going to take you. You would love for that to happen in, in the real world, but everybody that's walking with you now it's not going to necessarily be walking with you later on, amen? Because when you share your dream with some people, not all people, you have to be selective who you share your dream with. But if you share your dream with somebody and they look you looking at you like, <laughs> that's a problem, amen? That's a problem. So Joseph has shared his dreams with his brothers. Let's go to 37. We're going to look at verse 5. One night, Joseph had a dream and promptly reported the details to his brother, causing them to hate him even more. Listen to this dream, he announced. We were out in the field, tying up bundles of grain. My bundle stood up, then your bundles all gathered around and bowed down before me. So are you going to be our king? Are you? This is the brother speaking. And they hated him all the more for his dream and what he had said. Then Joseph had another dream. He heard from God again for the plan and purpose in his life. Amen. Sometimes God deals with you with dreams. Sometimes he'll show you a vision. Sometimes somebody will prophesy over your life. Sometimes just in fellowship, God will show you your plan and purpose, but he don't all the time show you how you're going to get there, amen? That's the in-between stage. That's the in-between stage, but Joseph knows that he had heard from God. This time, he didn't tell his brothers, he told his father as well. And his father rebuked him. What do you mean, his father said, with your mother, your brothers, Let's make up. Nine. Then Joseph had another dream and told his brothers about it. Listen to this dream. He said, the sun, the moon, and even the stars are going to bow down before me. Mm. This time he told his father as well as his brothers and his brothers rebuked him. What do you mean, his father said, will your mother, your brothers, and I come and bow before you? Sometimes in life, as a believer, when we're staying focused, as Joseph was doing, 
we have to keep our eyes, like I say, on the prize and keep our eyes on the assignment. But in the midst of that, we might end up going through trials and tribulations. Amen. There might be some incidents and some circumstances that will make you want to put the brakes on going forward and doing the things of God. Amen. So Joseph, and this is the key verse that God had gave me. This is the one he gave me. When you're going through tests and trials, Isaiah 40 and 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So waiting on God means that you are waiting patiently for the Lord. Amen. It also means trusting him, giving everything. Amen. So what did uh, Joseph had to trust in the Lord? Um, Proverbs 3 and 6, 3 and 16. I'm sorry. 3, 5, and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. So when you're trusting God, you got to acknowledge him with all your heart. You don't lean to your understanding because you're not going to understand everything. Amen. It's going to be God that's going to reveal to you what needs to be revealed to you in that time. You just have to stay focused. We're talking about staying focused. And how do you stay focused? By trusting in God, by obeying him, by being that servant that he wants you to be, by being obedient. And that's what Joseph was getting ready to do as we go on. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, But I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, mm. to give you a hope and a future. Proverbs 13 and 12 say, Hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is the true, is the bread, is the true bread of life. Amen. So, God has a plan for all of us. You might not know what that plan is, but if you get before God, he'll reveal that plan to you the way that Joseph did. But in the midst of that, you got to trust him. You got to obey him. You got to follow his lead. Amen. So let's look at 30, uh, 30, oh God, 30, I got all these notes. Genesis 39, 1 and 4. 39, 1 and 4. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when Joseph arrived in Egypt with the traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, a member of the personal staff of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was the captain of the palace guard. The Lord was with Joseph. And blessed him greatly as he served in the house of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. So what had happened? His brothers were so angry at him, 
hated him that he they had thrown him in a pit. Amen. But they made a decision, decided to take him out the pit because they really wanted to kill him. They was looking to kill him because they hated him so much because of his dream, because, because of the calling that was on his life. So after they pulled him out of the pit, they decide, well, we just sell him. So they sold him to Potiphar. And he served. God said he blessed him as he was serving as a slave. They sold him as a slave. And if you zero in on these two verses here, it says the Lord was with Joseph and blessed him. In the King James Version, it said it made him prosperous. How many of you ever known a slave that was prosperous? How many of you have ever known a slave that was wealthy? Well, this is not what God was saying here. See, for us, wealth mean, prosperous means being wealthy. But for God, in this situation, he had made, blessed Joseph by anointing him, by empowering him. See, the Bible said he was with Joseph. Even in the midst of adversity, he was with Joseph. He wasn't alone. God was with him. And God's anointing was on him to do the work and the assignment in that season, in that time. And that assignment was to be a great administrator over everything that Potiphar owned. The Bible said he, Potiphar was, had so much faith in him and was so blessed by him that the only thing that he worried about was what he was going to eat. So that means there was an anointing on Joseph to be able to do that. Amen. He was a slave. When you think about a slave being in your house, you, you, you kind of keep your eye on them because you don't know what they're going to do. But the Bible says Potiphar recognized that God was with Joseph. Again, God can bless you in the midst of a disaster. Amen. That's exactly what he was doing to Joseph. He anointed him to be a great administrator, even though he was still operating as a slave. Amen. And then jumping to verse Nine, seven. Now Joseph was a very handsome man, well-built young man. And about this time, Potiphar's wife began to desire him and invited him to sleep with him. Mm. She kept pressing him day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. He kept out of her way as much as possible. Verse 12, she came and grabbed him by the shirt, demanding, sleep with me. But what did Joseph do? Joseph tore himself away, but as he did, his shirt came off and she was left holding it as he ran from the house. And then let's just go back to verse 9. No one here has more authority than I do. This is Joseph talking. He has held nothing back from me. He's talking about the Lord, except you. 
because you are his wife, Potiphar. He was talking about Potiphar. How can I ever do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Joseph stayed focused. His heart was still turned to God in the midst of his adversity. His heart was still turned to God. He said, how can I do a great thing, wicked thing against God? He didn't say a wicked thing against my master Potiphar. He didn't say, how can I do a wicked thing against myself? He said, God, why? Because he was still focused on God. In the midst of his adversity, he still stayed with God. His eyes were still on the prize, amen? He knew that God had given him a vision. He knew that God had gave him a, he believed that dream. He knew he had a plan and a purpose for his life. So he didn't want to, Slip up in sin because we know what does sin do? Sin separates us from where God is trying to take us. Amen. Sin separates us from being in our purpose, operating in our purpose. It makes God, God can't use us the way he wants to use us when we're operating in sin. Amen. So Joseph, so Joseph knew that. And his heart was still turned toward God. So what I'm saying to you that even if you are, I don't know what you're dealing with. Some of you may be dealing with family relationship situations. Some of you may be dealing with depression. Some of you may be dealing with finances situations. But what I am saying to you, just like Joseph, if you wholeheartedly serve God, Keep serving God. Keep trusting in God. Keep believing in God. Don't get sidetracked. This was the adversary. It's just like the adversary. He went from the pit to serving Potiphar, doing a great job. And then what? That's just like once we get over one thing, here comes another what? Roadblock. Once we get over another thing, here come another roadblock. That's what was happening to Joseph. Here come another roadblock. The adversary was using Potiphar's wife. Amen. He was using Potiphar's wife. Let's look at this scripture here. First Peter 5 and 8 said, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. We got an adversary. And he's real. His name is Satan. We got an adversary. And when we are going through situations and stuff. He's going to show up. Because he's trying to keep you from your purpose and your dream. But God says in James 1 and 7. What does he say? The to God. And resist the devil. And he'll flee. Submit yourself to the Lord. Give it over to God. Whatever the situation is, give it over to God and resist the devil. The devil has to flee from you. John 10 and 10 said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, this is just when this is the revelation that God gave me about John 10 10. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What is it that the devil tried to steal from you? 
to keep you from meeting your goal in life? What is it that he tried? I think the number, this is me. I think the number one thing that the devil tried to steal from you is that word. Because he knows we are carrier of that word. So he tries to steal the word. If he steal that word, then all hope is gone. Amen. Think about it. If he steal the word, that's the word is we we have faith and hope in the promises of God. Amen. So I think out of all the things that the devil wants to steal from us, besides money and besides breaking up relationships, and besides, I think the most important thing to the devil is the word of God. And I think he tries to steal that from us. And when he, if he can steal that, he can take hope. If he can take hope from us, then he can kill us. He, it's a spiritual death that can take place. You know, when you separated from God, it's a spiritual death. It, it, it's, it's just not right. When you have known God, and then something happened in your life to separate you from God, to lose hope in God, to begin to question God, to walk away from God, there's a spiritual death that takes place. So that's what he wants. He wants to kill you spiritually. Not necessarily physically. That ain't good enough. But if he can make you question God, if he can make you walk away from God, that's the type of killing he wants to do. Then he'll have destroyed you because he has destroyed all your dreams and your purpose in life. Amen? But look, we don't have to give in to him. We can learn to resist him. How do we resist him? Through the word of God. Surrendering everything over to God. Giving God control of everything. Letting him control every area of your life. And then when you resist him, you standing firm. You standing firm in your faith. You taking control. Amen. You're saying to the devil, I got authority over you. You would not kill, steal, or destroy for me. Because the enemy knows that God has given us authority. The Bible says he's given us the authority to shred over serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. So that means we can take authority over the enemy through the word of God. Amen. So... I want to say to you, before I go into, uh, before we turn to Genesis 39 and 19, what I want to say to you is this. We're not fighting to get victory because we already got victory. Fighting a good fight of faith is you fight and hold to what God has already given you. God has already given you victory 2,000 years ago. We're not fighting to get victory. We're fighting to attain victory. Amen. We already got the victory. So we fight the good fight of faith. We fight according to the word of God. We apply the word of God to every situation in our lives. When we're going through. When we can't see our way out. When our children are acting up. We apply the word in that area. Amen. 
When the jobs are acting up, we apply the word in, our, in that area. When the enemy comes against your body, what do you do? You apply the word. Because the truth is what sets is what keeps you praise God amen the truth is what keep you focused on God amen you can't stay focused on God if you're not applying the word of God to your life it's impossible it's impossible all that distraction that's going on in the world right now what we have to do is stay focused on the word of God Amen. Let's look real quick at Joseph. Joseph goes to jail <laughs> in chapter 39. I mean, chapter 39, 19. It says, after hearing his wife's story, Potiphar was furious. He took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king prisoners were held. 21. But the Lord again was with Joseph. But the Lord, again, was with Joseph. Again, whatever situation you're going through, he done went from being in a pit to being sold as a slave to being thrown in jail. But each time, the Bible said God was with him. God was with him, and God can be with us too. Whatever situation you're confronted with, certain circumstances, you know God is with you. Why? Because his words say, Lo, I'm with you always. That's what the words say. I'm with you always. He's in us. He's with us. So he's the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. Amen. And he's already won. I say it's been a fixed fight. It's over. It's a wrap. That's it. We've won. We've won the battle. He's given us victory. He's caused us to triumph already. All we have to do is what? Stay focused. What does stay focused mean? Stay focused means again. And I said again, trusting in God. Depending on God. Continue to be a servant to God. Being faithful to your calling. Being faithful to God. Drawing close to God. As you draw close to him, what does he do? He draws close to you. Amen. So, Psalms 34 and 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered him out of all of them. Psalms 34 said, I sought, and one says, I sought the Lord. He answered me and he delivered me. Many are the afflictions of the righteousness, righteousness, but God delivers us from them all. He didn't say he delivered us from some of them situations he didn't say he gonna deliver us from four or five of those little situations in our lives he said he delivers us from them all he didn't promise us we wasn't gonna go through anything it's kingdom against kingdom here this is battleground here 
But again, we done already won. All we got to do again is keep our eyes on the prize. Because if we what? Wait on the Lord in the midst of our troubles. He will renew our strength. He'll lift us up over our situations like eagles with wings. We will run and not get weary. Why? Because he's running with us. In the midst of those problems, he's running with us. He said, he'll, we, we'll walk and not faint. It's three things that God's going to do according to that scripture. Either he's going to lift us up out of those situations or he's going to be with us in those situations running with us. He's going to be in that situation walking with us. And when we get weary, he said, uh-uh, don't faint. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious for nothing. But in prayer and supplication, let your request be known. And then what? I'll give you peace in the midst of this situation. I'll give you peace in the midst of your troubles. I'll give you joy in the midst of your troubles. I'll see you through. You don't have to go through alone because God is what? In you. He's with you. He promised us he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. You might not. We don't go by what we feel. The Bible said the just should live by faith. When we are going through trials and tribulations in life, as Joseph was, he stayed focused. And when you read this scripture, and I don't have, I mean, this chapter of his lives, his life, all these chapters, I think it's 39 to 50. Not one time did it say, Joseph complained. Isn't that something? It doesn't say in there that Joseph was complaining. Joseph was saying, God, where are you now? He probably did this, but it's... All we see is how he stayed focused and faithful to God. That's what we see. We see him staying focused. We see him staying faithful. You know, I would like to personally think that he, you know, had some questions for God when he was going through all of that, you know. Like when, how, how long. Are you there? Are you listening? Are you asleep? You know, <laughs> did I just dream this? Is this, was this you? Was it just me wanting this? Because, you know, sometimes the enemy will lie to us and tell us, oh, that wasn't God. That was just you desiring something. But when you know God, when you've been in fellowship with God, you know him. You know when God is summoning you to something. You know when God has given you an assignment. You know when God has shown you a little portion of the purpose and the plan for your life. He don't all the time give it to us all the time. Because in the midst of us, uh, like I said, in the midst of us going through, there are some things that he's doing inside of us. Amen? It's some cleansing. It's some purging. It's some purification going on. It's some development of character going on. It's a whole lot of things going on there. When God allows us to go through things, it's for, it's, 
It's for us. We shouldn't despise the seasons that we go through when they feel uncomfortable. Because during those seasons, God is doing something on the inside. He's working on the inside to bring an outside change in our lives. Amen. He's developing character in us. We'll, and if we surrender to him, we'll never be the same. We'll be more stronger. We'll be better. Amen? We'll be more powerful. We'll learn how to be in the presence of God and experience his fullness. Amen? So let's fast forward really quick. And I'm just going to talk about how Joseph went from jail to the palace. Amen. And the reason God, in the same way that Joseph went from the pit to being a slave to being a prisoner in jail, but he came out, it's the same thing we can do. If we stay focused the way Joseph stayed focused. It's the same thing. Why? Because the same resurrection power that raised Christ up from the dead is the same power that's in us. We have that power to be able to stay focused. But we have to tap into it. So I'm just going to zero in on one scripture here. Genesis 40. Forty and one, starting at one. Sometimes later, Pharaoh's. No, I won't go there. It's too much. I'll just talk about it. Well, when Joseph was in jail, he interpreted two dreams. The interpretations of those dreams, later on, not immediately, gave him an opportunity to interpret a, a, a dream of the king, amen? I say he interpreted that dream and he got a free pass out of jail, amen? Because that's exactly what happened. Because of his interpretation, he got a free pass out of jail. And I will say that he kept focused and he said this when he interpreted the dream. He said, do not interpretation, it's 48, 40 and 8, do not, in, do not interpretation belong to God. He didn't take the credit for that. He stayed focused on God. Everything Joseph did, God was in the equation for him. Every situation he was in, God was in the equation for him. He kept God in the forefront. Amen. He kept God first. Everything he did. He spoke about God. I can't sin against God. I can't do nothing with God. I can't interpret dreams without God. Interpretation comes from God. He stayed focused. He stayed dependent. He lived a God-dependent life. 
That's what he lived. He lived a God-dependent life, and that's what we have to live. In order to stay focused, you must be living a God-dependent life. When you live a God-dependent life, God shows up in every situation. God, I said in the beginning that Joseph was prosperous, but that means that he was anointed. That means that he was full of power. We see that he, that also meant that he had favor with God. Amen. You can have the same thing. You can stay focused. When you stay focused on God, you will be anointed. You'll be full of power and you'll have favor in the midst of your situations. No matter how uncomfortable they are, no matter, no matter how hard they are. If you do that, you can be just like Joseph, amen? And yes, Joseph went to the palace. He went from being a prisoner to being what? A ruler of Egypt. The ruler of Egypt. The ruler. How does that happen? With a little slave boy at the age of 17 to being a ruler of Egypt. But it took 17 years. That's the part we don't like. <laughs> That's the part that just, oh, God, 17 years, 20 years. But what was God doing in the midst of that? He was the he was developing character in Joseph, amen? He was developing character. Joseph became more, even more Christ-like, I mean, God-like, during the midst of this, amen? So, don't despise what we are going through. Joseph saw a dream, and that dream he held hold to. He didn't look at the right, from the right to the left. He stayed focused. It took 17 years. But in Genesis 41 and 43, God revealed his dream to him. Men bowed down to him. That's what he said. He saw people bowing down to him. And then in the chapter 43, his brothers. He told his brothers they was going to bow down to him. They bowed down to him. Amen. They didn't know it. They didn't know his identity at that time. But they bowed down to him. Let me find the scripture for that. Genesis 41. Genesis 43 and 26, and this is his brothers bowing down to him. This is God revealing divine revelation about that dream, amen? Genesis 43 and 26, and when Joseph came home, they, their brothers, that's who they're talking about, brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed down before him to the earth. It took 17 years, but that dream came to pass. It took 17 long years. But how many of you know, 
He might not come when you want him, but he's always on time. He's always on time. He's always on time. So just stay focused. Stay focused. Do as Joseph did. Believing and trusting and serving and being obedient and keeping your eyes on the prize. Amen. And you will see God work in a way that you can't even begin to imagine. Your purpose, your dreams, the plans that God has for you. All these roadblocks are just a temporary situation. So for 2021, what are we going to do? We're going to stay focused. No matter if we're in a pandemic, no matter what come or go, we're going to what? We're going to stay focused. We're going to stay focused. Because we're trusting and we're believing in God. And the Bible says he always calls us to triumph. Amen. He always calls us to triumph. So I leave with you this. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as eagles with wings. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Amen. That was good. Amen. Hallelujah. Good reminder. The Lord just gave me this scripture, Hebrews 12, 1 through 4. <clears throat> Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and hinders us from staying focused. Um, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, like that that vision and, and the plan that God has for us. Let's, let's run and let's um, stay on track, amen? And then here's the main scripture, fixing our eyes on Jesus, um, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross because of the joy that would come afterwards. And so it's not always about the journey and the joy on the journey. <laughs> it's about keeping our eyes fixed on the goal, which is Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. Um, and then towards the end there in verse three and four, it says, consider him who endured such opposition. His journey was major opposition. I mean, he was nailed to the cross. He was, you know, thrown into hell for three days and three nights. He not only that endured um, all, all sin, all shame, all sickness, everything was put on him and he endured that for our sake because of the end goal. And so, you know, the least we can do is stay focused and endure the things that we go through and fight the good fight of faith and not waver in our faith during those things, you know, keep our eyes on the Lord. Um, and, and then he says in verse four, and don't grow weary. He says, if we, um, keep our eyes focused on him and don't grow weary, we'll reap if we faint not. 
the word says we'll reap if we faint not. And so we all want the reap, you know, we all want the goal, we all want the prize, but we don't realize, you know, in order to get a prize in a marathon, <laughs> you have to do the whole marathon, you know. And so it is, this life isn't a, a quick little race, it's, it's a marathon, and so, and that's, I've never done a marathon. My husband did, which you probably wouldn't believe, but he's done a marathon and it, it takes a lot of training and, and hard, hard times and hard breathing and hard, you know, um, a long, long, hard run, <laughs> but you get a prize at the end. And so Jesus is our goal. He's our prize, you know, and so we want to fix our eyes on him. He's the author and finisher of our faith, and, and he strengthens us in the midst of things, and like I talked about Sunday, you know, he can give us peace in the midst of the storm. It doesn't mean the storm's going to completely disappear all the time, but he'll give us peace. He'll give us grace. He'll give us strength. He gives us what we need to see us through to the other side of that, amen, and then you wait upon the Lord, and he'll renew that strength. And sometimes it's as if you're soaring high above it on wings as eagles. It's like, how did I get through that? I don't know. I was just in the spirit. <laughs> Amen. And so there's a number of things God can do, but we just need to be strengthened in the Lord and keep our eyes focused and not get detoured to the right or to the left, but throw off those things that hinder us. Amen. Hallelujah. That was a good word. Very encouraging. Um, we're going to go ahead and pray and take